Hi, I'm Danielle Ross, your message clarifier. Do you have a message that has stunted your potential and keeps you entangled? Imagine how your life could be different if you rewrote some of the messages that you carry. Join me as my guest and I visit with you regarding the messages you carry. We will deconstruct messages related to love, death, trauma, race, relationships, and so much more. Go to my website to sign up for the podcast at www.themessages.net. I look forward to helping you rewrite the message you carry. Hello, everyone. I am Danny L. Ross, your message clarifier, and we have a fantastic show that is structured around mental health and messages related to the Latino X community. And I have an amazing guest today. I have Christina Salcedo, who is a licensed professional counselor. She's a graduate of Texas Women's University. Christina, did I leave anything out that you'd like to share? Um, yes, I grew up in Southern Colorado, attended University of Colorado, uh, was okay. a teacher for many years and became a school counselor and worked on the LPC. I also lived out on the East Coast for a while. Wow. So, yeah. So that good. was a good time good, good. and settled down here in Texas. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful Texas. So, Christina, I want to ask you, how are you doing these days? We have gone through such a tumultuous year. I mean, we've had social unrest. We've been dealing with a pandemic. And you and I both being educators, we've seen education in a way that we've never seen it before. How are you managing all of that? Well, I'm surrounding myself with loved ones and friends, um, even if it's virtually. And I run. Quite often. I just did the David Goggins challenge last weekend (laughs) and um, keeping busy in my most comfortable space, which is helping others and seeing them witnessing their pain and their crisis, but walking with them on that journey, whether that's at school with kids or in private practice therapy. Excellent. Excellent. So I want to ask you, and everything that we do when it comes to the messages we carry is all about messages. And the biggest message comes from those who have instilled values and and thoughts and ideas into us. So if you had to name three people who instill the most messages into your life, what were some of those messages and how did they shape you into the woman we see today? Well, I think if I go into my early years, definitely family. Family's central to Latino community. And in my life, I um, had the the beauty of being, you know, collectively raised and loved by extended family, my grandma, my aunts, uncles, cousins, and just always knowing that they were there to support me. And that helped a lot being a first-generation college student. On one hand, there was pressure to be the first to carry the hopes and dreams of all of these people. On the other hand, they helped me and they supported me and they rooted me on and, you know, they knew I could do it, Mm -hmm. even when I might not have thought I could do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. definitely family. In college, um, I was so, so fortunate to 
have a mentor, Nadine Guzman. She uh, took me under her wing. I was a work study, went mm-hmm. to school on a lot of financial aid. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Go on laughs> and, yes. Right. So she um, saw herself in me and uh, she was a professor of leadership in the College of Education. And we went to lunch once a month and just talked and she became a pillar of strength and wisdom and inspiration. And she and I are still close to this day. I think of her almost as like a spiritual mm-hmm. maternal guide. <laughs> and she always, she, she always knew I was a leader, even though I didn't always think I was a leader. She knew, and she, you know, just made sure I was on the right path. And now I would say my, my husband, of course, my, my family, my friends, uh, my coworkers, my team, uh, at Hidden mm-hmm. Lakes and at my school, and mm-hmm. uh, fellow mental health friends like yourself. <laughs> oh, well, that's wonderful. And I'm so happy that we've managed to stay in contact. And we we oftentimes are rooting for each other. And we share insight and information that we come in contact with. I am so delighted to have you in on this on this podcast today. So my next question for you, What's one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? Well, I think um, if we're talking my educational career, I think just knowing that that it's going to be okay. Trust in myself and know that my strength, my resilience, my my healing, all of my power is already in me. I just need mm-hmm. to find it. And I really, truly discovered that as I work through my teaching years and eventually really honed in on that during my master's when we are really forced to look within mm-hmm. and experience what we hope to, where we hope to take clients. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So that personal work. So Christina, I think it's so interesting. All of us kind of recognize those of us who go into uh, mental health or supportive type services. Generally, there's a reason that we we find it interesting um, to kind of recognize things within ourselves. Maybe it's some questions we needed to have answered as a young kid. Maybe there was some dysfunction within our family. Maybe some cultural boundaries or things of that nature that kind of keep you um, boxed in. But I can speak for me. I do think me getting uh, a, a master's in mental health counseling really helped me to explore me first. I had to know who I was becoming and I had to give myself permission to open that door. I know in my community and you and I have talked about this, um, you know, the black community and Latina X community, there are so many similarities as to how we think about mental health. Tell me a little bit about some of your um, experiences and some of the thoughts as to how people in the Latina X community view mental health. Well, I think if we, we could kind of look at, at it from a paradigm of how recent are we in this country? You know, my husband's family is from Mexico. He's a first-generation American. His mom rarely trusts Western medicine. <laughs> She's mm. all about natural remedies and, you know, uh, healing through food and herbs and, you know, through the kitchen. 
and doesn't trust doctors wow. <laughs> or Caucasian people all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. On the other hand, my family's been here probably seven generations and, you know, came with a Spanish land grant and the border crossed us, you know, mm-hmm. grandfathers both went to world war two. So I'm Americanized mm-hmm. don't speak Spanish, you mm-hmm. know? And so looking at things like that, or even what um, form of Latin America are we talking? Mm-hmm. Cuban American, Mexican American, Puerto Rican, you know, it just depends on that as well. But mm-hmm. I would say that one general thing is maybe a mistrust a little bit because why would anyone go outside of the family or the church mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. support and, you know, and then pay that much or use insurance, exactly. you know, and so, and then access, is there really access if there's not medical insurance or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the financial, you know, ability to, you know, do that type of work and get that kind of help. So it just depends on all of those things, but I hope that my work, you know, in, in what I do and how I help others has inspired um, Mm -hmm. more people within my community to seek help because we can all use a little help at at some point. Exactly. Exactly. Christina, I want to ask about a lot of times it puts Um, others at ease when they see someone who looks like them or there's some cultural connections or uniqueness that they can readily identify with. I know in my community, that's something I try to use to my advantage. Is that something that you see as an advantage when working with the Latina X community? Absolutely. Whether that's families that I work with at my, in my school district when they see me or they see my last name, mm-hmm. it's a little bit disarming and they feel like they've got an advocate. And if just being myself gives someone that feeling, then that makes me happy. Um, and I'll, I'll be an advocate no matter what your background. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, just having like someone who looks like you, who has a last name like you definitely mm-hmm. helps. And, and that always helped when I was a teacher too. And I always did try to bring diverse voices, literature, lessons, discussions um, out in my teaching to not only validate, but give a voice to populations that maybe didn't traditionally ever have a voice mm-hmm. um, in the curriculum. As far as mental health goes, absolutely. I find that people find me, they find me and they gravitate and they they do come to me and it's okay if I don't speak Spanish, as long as I understand where they're coming from, mm-hmm. then it's a, it's an advantage. So I, I look at it as definitely a positive. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost immediate. Um, like you said, a disarming saying that I recognize and I respect your culture just by having those similarities. I recognize and I respect your culture. And a lot of times we, there are nuances that I want you to teach me. I want you to tell me more. I think that's something we could, we could learn in, in just our, our, any of our practice experiences, learn how to ask questions, learn how to learn from your clients and ask them to teach you about their culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that can make a difference versus just saying we're not going to talk about it and we're not going to recognize it. And which can make for a really uncomfortable counseling uh, relationship 
And generally, we know that those relationships don't survive Absolutely. Um, the entire counseling process. So I want to ask a little more specifically, what are some of the Latina X community's common concerns when they seek out mental health resources? Well, what I've seen this year, especially, is so much work in grief. Grief due to loss of a, a loved one or loss of a home, um, mm-hmm. families separated and not being able to connect like we have before, um, loss of marriages. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I'm Gottman trained and I've been doing a lot of couples work, just be, the, the stress, financial, health, um, economic, educational strains on families has really pushed not only marriages, but kids to the edge too. Suicidal outcries, you know, and so grief um, and crisis response has been, you know, the most prevalent work, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's almost like the pandemic, the social justice movement, Mm -hmm. Icemageddon, whatever we want to call that week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, it's like pushed up all this existing stuff and it's shoving it in people's faces and they have to reprocess and they're not sure where to go. Exactly. 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 I was kind of curious about, are there any specific things that you would like to enlighten my audience on when it comes to the, his, the Latina X community, things that we may not be aware of, ways that we can approach to get better results. Anything that you can share with us to kind of give us some insight? Well, I think being a perpetual immigrant or third world, you know, whatever you want to call it, like, you know, maybe assuming that I'm not as educated or that I... Assuming that I speak Spanish or that I don't speak English. Language Mm. is always one of them. Assuming I'm traditional. Right. Um, Or or the opposite. Maybe falling into some stereotypes. You know, I'm I'm a good salsa dancer and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, whatever. But I think allowing people to break free of any preconceived notions by seeing people as they are authentically allowing people to go where they need to in a, in a respectful way, honoring their experience, um, whether it's traditional or not. Um, and not, not assuming things. I know my poor husband, he, he gets stereotyped all day, whether he speaks English, if he's an immigrant, you know, Wow. I mean, it's just hard. But uh, he was, and then, you know, understanding that we all have trauma based Mm -hmm. on some racial experiences maybe that we've had. You know, my Mm -hmm. husband served his country and tried to go into a restaurant and order a beer and was denied service one time. Wow. And he couldn't believe it. He was, he was angry. He, he felt like, how could this happen this day and age Mm -hmm. It to my face, you know, Mm -hmm. and it it, it happens. It happens. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about mental health and how it's how it's viewed in the Latina X community. Um, are we readily seeking out mental health services? 
Well, I think most of the older generation, I'm talking like maybe boomers, um, uh-huh. you know, or, or grandparents, parents age, I think they look at mental health as a spiritual mm-hmm. condition. So if there's a diagnosis like, you know, um, bipolar, mm-hmm. maybe looking at it as, you know, or is it a demon or, you know, yeah. something like yeah. that, or, you know, just from the spiritual realm, which maybe there's an element of that, but, um, not having the, the scientific understanding is sometimes harder for the older generation to understand. And that might be why maybe there was never help in that family for maybe some generational things or genetic things. Um, depression. Um, I'm I'm sure it's widespread in our community, but our community responds by working hard, working three Mm -hmm. jobs, sucking it up and driving on, which is the message my husband got as a soldier. Mm -hmm. You survive this war and then maybe you deal with it after. Right. You know, right. I think there's a, 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 I love what you said. I think there's this message that has to happen to where we, we give people permission to, to grieve. We give people permission to feel, we give people permission to um, be authentic and, and, and be human. Have you found there are particular methods or ideas or something that you may do that, makes it a bit easier for clients or particularly the Latin Latina X community to feel safe and to feel empowered to have the necessary conversations and the permissive place to be just a person who's feeling and having a difficult time. Absolutely. Well, I'm very person centered in my theoretical intervention. And so unconditional positive regard is always, you know, and always in the center of every session and taking the time to normalize the experience, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you know, that they're having and, you know, allowing them um, space to be seen, truly Mm -hmm. seen, uh, allowing them the ability to peel back those layers of strength, of avoiding vulnerability of running from, or, you know, whatever numbing, maybe Mm -hmm. the numbing started long ago. And once those layers are down honoring with respect and, and positive regard, like I said, whatever that hurt is so that they can own it, release it, understand it. Mm -hmm. Um, whatever that imprint is from the, from the trauma. Definitely. Thank you so much. That was so, so great. So I want to ask you, where can listeners connect with you online? Um, Hidden Lakes Counseling. We have um, a website that has my, um, you know, professional uh, biography and email address and, you know, website to connect. Excellent. Excellent. So Christina, if I were to take a trip with you and we get into your car and we go on a day trip, what are, what's some of the music I can expect to, to hear in your car? 
Okay, so music, I have quite a few running playlists. <laughs> this right, is music okay. that is empowering, motivating, uh, high beats per minute. Um, running has has absolutely helped me in my life, and I encourage forms of self-care and exercise, but what would I do if I wasn't doing it myself? <laughs> so so um, you'd hear a lot of that. Um little bit of Spanish oldies <laughs> okay, okay. and some 90s uh, throwback grunge and hip hop. <laughs> Come on for the grunge and the hip hop. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so a little bit of everything. I'm pretty diverse. And then, of course, like that. my parents are from the 60s and 70s. So a little bit of, you know, 60s and 70s, too. That is so, so fun. All right. So I want you to tell me, Christina, tell me some of the books that you are reading. If if I were to rate your bookshelf, what are some of the books that I may find on your bookshelf? Well, um, right now I'm reading a book called The Body Keeps the Score by Basil Van, Van Der Kolk, MD. He's a psychiatrist and has been in the mental health game since the 1970s. He writes a lot in this book about trauma and its effect on the body and the imprints that these experiences leave on us and how they maladaptively find our, their way back into our lives, even though we're trying to, you know, run from them, numb them, self-medicate them, whatever. Um, the body always keeps the score. And so it's very, very um, insightful read. Awesome. Thank you so much, Christina. Now, my last and final question. If you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I did not ask? Um, I think, you know, a little more, um, you kind of asked it, but, you know, how does, how important is culture and how does culture affect us? And I think, you know, we're, we are having a lot of, um, racial relations discussions right now, which is incredible um, time for us to do some important work. But I think that culture is sometimes the core of who we are. To say, I don't see your culture is not seeing me. And so I think if we take the time to learn about other cultures and honor one another by doing some of that work rather than expecting us to have to explain ourselves all the time. Exactly. I think that's important. Um, and you know, at, at my school, my principal is doing a lot of anti, um, racial work in, in terms of, you know, teacher training. He has a mm -hmm. book group going on. He has another counselor and I working on a group of teachers. Mm -hmm to have some important um, work so that they can become allies to students. And I think that if everyone in, in the walk of their experience has people that they know are true allies, people who see them, honor them, and will walk with them no matter what, I think that that would bring a lot of healing to our nation, a lot of connections. It, it, that in itself could help the mental health crisis that we're struggling with right now. And so as human beings, we just need to connect. You know, I think Bob Marley, he knew <laughs> he was onto something, you know? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. Well, Christina, I so appreciate you being my guest today. 
I so appreciate you sharing your insight when it comes to the Latina X and just being a, an amazing counselor and doing some different things, um, trying to get your message out there and help people become better. Um, I appreciate you being my friend and colleague. Um, to my audience today, I say continue to challenge the messages that you carry. It can change a life and it, it can also save a life. Thank you for being with us. We will talk to you soon. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you. You as well. Thank you so much for joining our podcast, The Messages We Carry, and listening to the show. Please stay connected through our social media platforms. The Messages We Carry on Facebook and DLR Counseling Group on Facebook. To follow us on Instagram, please go to at DLROSS72. Your one-stop shop for all things The Messages, go to my website, www.themessages.net. As we go throughout our week, I challenge you not to hold on to negative messages, but to challenge messages that you carry. Just because you think it, it doesn't make it accurate. Just because you thought it, it doesn't make it fact. Just because you feel it, it doesn't make it real. I'm here to help you. I am your host, Danny L. Ross, your message clarifier. See you at the next show. Have a great week and challenge the messages you carry.